The Devil's Advocates Radio Show is broadcast under a time brokerage agreement between Devil Radio and Civic Media Inc. Some portions of this program may be pre recorded. Warning You are about to listen to the greatest radio show ever. And due to contractual obligations and to shield our airwaves and corporate licensees from any semblance of liability, responsibility, and gullibility, we must tell you the views represented on this show are not necessarily those of this station or its management. This radio show contains differing points of view on current political topics, and due to the nature of its contents, it should be heard by everyone. Thank you for listening. Now live from the Civic Media Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, where the political party is just beginning, welcome to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Friends proving it's never personal, only politics. Please allow me to introduce myself. And now, here's your hosts, Dom and Crute. Welcome to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show, the Wednesday edition. Dom, we're going to let him peek behind the curtain. Show them the sausage being made a little bit today. <laughs> Welcome to the big show. Hey, Curdy, great to see you. Thank you, Nate, working hard today. Of course, our fair audience, thank you for joining us at this political party. First and foremost, last night, we're going to look back for just a moment before we can look forward. How was Tony's speech, Tom? The state of the state is strong. Uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't watch the speech. I was out at, at dinner plans last night. But I did read a little bit about it today. It's always better in the transcripts. <laughs> yeah. You've been telling me that for years. You've skipped so many I'm... state of the union addresses, state of the state. I knew by asking the question, I was going to embarrass you publicly, which was part of the motive. <laughs> but but here's a confession. I didn't watch Tony either. Oh, I know, man. You're so excited. All salty that Tony would... How dare he counter program a Badger Minnesota game? Come on, a a, a Badger basketball game? How could that possibly, how could you do that? Madison, tough game. Badgers barely won, Curdy. How was the game? How do you call it a tough game when they won? They won on the road. They won. Right, but they didn't blow them up. I mean, it was a tough game, man. They came. Anyway, I didn't didn't watch that game either because, again, I was was otherwise occupied at dinner plans last night. Uh, You were so salty about the governor doing this during the Badger game. Must have been a great game, right? How was the game? Well, I I heard just a brief part of it. You know, it was playing <laughs> yeah. on the Civic Media Network. and <laughs> yeah. What? I rushed home, and I'm pulling up in the driveway, and I get a text from my wife. It's senior night. I'm at the wrestling meet. I'm like, oh, God, it's senior night. Oh, oh senior night? Do they know there's a, ba- a, a, a Badger game on tonight? Well, apparently they preempt with the local sports at my high school, my kid's high school. So Middleton Cardinals wrestling had senior night. So I hauled ass over to the high school and I almost, I almost went ass over tea kettle in uh, the parking lot, you know, ugh, a little slick oh, last night. So oh, I felt yeah. like I was Be careful out there. Well, I was hurrying. Cause I didn't know, you know, you don't know when they're going to announce. It was like six forty-seven when my wife texted me. So I'm thinking, are they doing introductions at seven? I got to get there still. I got to park and across this treacherous parking lot, get in this school, find the correct gymnasium. I mean, that is an amazing school, but it's easy to get lost there. So I get in the gym and there's time, there's time. And you know, it was quite nice. They presented the mothers with a rose and they gave the fathers an autograph poster. (laughs) 
so happy senior night to my senior Karsten. And then they handed dad the dinner tab. Couple of them went to Outback last night because it was the only place still open after the triple duels. So I don't know how the Badger game was because I missed it. <laughs> I saw none of it. Not not all one the, all, dribble. All of that conversation. Not one basket. You it, didn't see one basket. Not one dribble. Not one free throw. Look good on the, the news last night. My team looked good in the highlights. But here we are, Dom, another day and another fired coach. That was the other thing we'll talk about today that's, you know, not political related because yesterday was the New Hampshire primaries. And, you know, we we did some predicting and some over-undering on that event. And we'll, we'll savor that in the 5 o'clock hour, perhaps, Dom. But what was I talking about? Politics, not politics. Oh, Joe Barry got fired. Boom! The didn't Packers see that coming. Coordinator, man. They really? had a, was, that a, was that that big of a surprise? Well, not three weeks ago, but now after they had kind of turned it around and played substantially better on the defense, I thought the guy had preserved his job. I mean, I thought he deserved another chance. The way the team ended on a roll. Now you put some question on the end of the season. Take a little luster off that fine season these young players had. You fire your defensive coordinator. Well, begs the question, why? So why? we're going to call our sports reporter, Mike Clemens, at like 420. Just like yesterday right. when the Bucks <laughs> fired Adrian Griffith. And, and here's, here's the other good news since we're doing Sports Talk Live. Uh, at least we pointed you, our fair audience, in the right direction. My understanding is the Bucks and you sent this over from ESPN, Dom. They're already reporting the Bucks have made a deal with Doc Rivers. They got a five o'clock presser. <laughs> Mike Clement said, well, this is to explain why they fired uh, Griffith. And I said, well, can it be both? Can it also be the rollout of new coach Doc, uh, Doc Rivers? I like Doc Rivers. So I hope that is indeed the case and maybe a big rollout, but Mike Clement's joining us very soon. But Dom... The sausage being made. We kind of made an audible around here. Last minute. Decided we've got to look to the U, uh, Wisconsin Assembly Chambers. And what's Boss Foss up to? You know, I saw him last night bemoaning the fact Tony didn't talk. Not one iota about giving tax cuts to the hardworking Wisconsinites. I mean, it's tax cuts. This is what Republicans live for. And they rolled out their own proposal like two hours before Tony's speech and Robin's very upset that Tony didn't bring up tax cuts. Why didn't he rewrite his speech tailored around <laughs> our agenda? Why wouldn't he do that? Dom, please tell the people about the new maps. How they got new maps. They've they've solved the gerrymandering issues in the state of Wisconsin. How they've given back Tony's maps, now passed by this newly chastened Republican assembly. <laughs> they learned their lesson. They have seen the errors of their gerrymandering ways, and they've signed Tony Evers' maps. This sounds, not, I, I not really. I not, not really. I haven't seen a Hail Mary like this, or maybe a Fail Mary since, you know, like that Kansas City game when they screwed it up and said the player was offsides. But I haven't seen a Hail Mary like this since Scott Walker signed the back of the napkin to bring us Foxconn. How's that working out for Wisconsin, everyone? Remember Scott Walker's big claim, moving us to the 21st century with Foxconn. Uh, he was just ahead of his time. Now Microsoft is coming. Curdy, Jesse Poyan reporting at the Milwaukee Journal. Sentinel Assembly Republicans voted Wednesday. 
to send a set of legislative maps to Governor Tony Evers that they argue make minuscule changes to his own proposal with the intent of avoiding pitting GOP incumbents against each other. Evers has pledged to reject them. Quote from Evers, My promise to the people of Wisconsin is that I'd fight for fair maps, so I'll be vetoing the maps passed by Republicans today. Moving legislative district lines so gerrymandered incumbents get to keep their seats is just more gerrymandering. Basic stuff, folks. <laughs> Lawmakers voted 63 to 35 along party lines to approve the bill. Holy mackerel. He didn't throw a holy mackerel in there, did he? The vote comes about a week before two consultants are set to submit a report analyzing several maps proposals submitted as part of a redistricting case before the state Supreme Court, which declared the current legislative maps unconstitutional. The court said it is prepared to draw maps if Evers and the Republicans-led uh, led legislature cannot reach an agreement. Here's what Robin Voss had to say, the Assembly Speaker in the state of Wisconsin. What we're actually doing is making minuscule changes to ungerrymander the Evers maps. It's nowhere near complete, but we tried to figure out a way to live within the spirit of what the governor proposed. We have met them 99% of the way on the map that they asked for. 99%, just so, so close. No Democrats spoke on the assembly floor. Several Republicans who would have been drawn out of their current districts without the changes made Wednesday gave speeches declaring their intent to run for re-election in their districts, even if it would mean moving. Come hacker high water, I will continue to represent the 88th district. John Mako, a Republican from Ledgeview, says, you know, even if they move the, I'll move my family. We'll <laughs> abandon our roots if necessary, whatever it takes. Uh, following the vote, Assembly Minority Leader Greta Neubauer, Democrat from Racine, said a statement that, by changing district lines in favor of a, a few key individuals. You now they're just like you, just better. A few key individuals, Republicans are prioritizing their own positions over the people of Wisconsin. Furthermore, Rep. Lakeisha Myers, Dem from Milwaukee, wrote on the Twitter, Dom, just because it's at Governor uh, Evers' map doesn't mean it's the right map. The legislature is supposed to create a map collaborative, uh, collaboratively, hold public hearings and do the work. The legislature has not done due diligence since Friday. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you imply that they haven't done a full due diligence since Friday when someone cooked this one up? Uh, Voss argued that lawmakers had to move quickly because of the timeline set by the state Supreme Court. Well, that's true, Dom. In a 4-3 ruling last month, if you're unaware, the court ordered lawmakers to have new maps adopted for the August legislative primary. And the Wisconsin Elections Commission officials have said new maps must be in place by March 15th. Looking forward to that, Don. That, circle that day on your calendars. Most of the seven plans submitted to the court as part of the lawsuit to overturn the current legislative maps would reduce the numbers of seats drawn to favor Republicans, including Evers' proposal. And the Senate approved the same proposal on Tuesday with four Republicans joining Democrats in opposition. They include Senators Joan Baldwig of Marcusan, uh, Julian Bradley of Franklin, Chris Kabinga, never had much to nice to say about him, so I'll move on, of Delafield, and Eric Wimberger of Green Bay. Republicans currently hold 
64 out of 99 seats in the assembly. Well, that seems fair, Dom. In a coin flip state. <laughs> and 22 out of 33 seats in the Senate. A super majority in that house. It's because they're super, Dom, these Republicans. Last minute sausage making, Dom. Better ideas. No, no, you got it all wrong. Speaker Voss, he said it. What we're actually doing is making minuscule changes to ungerrymander the Evers maps. Yeah, it's the Evers maps. It's not so much making the sausage, it's just a little home cooking, Dom. <laughs> cooking, all right. Come back with us. A little home cooking around here. If the Packers fire a coach, we're calling Mike Clemens, the sports reporter for Civic Media. Come back, our pal Mike, for a second day in a row. They keep firing coaches. Hope we're not next. <laughs> Wisconsin win the 21st century. The Devil's Advocates. Sausage making never looked so good. And we are back from the 420 break. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. You can listen to the Devil's Advocates wherever you go with the free Civic Media app. Search your local station. Use the call and text buttons. Come and take the Devils with you everywhere you go. The Civic Media Media app on Google Play or App Store. Dominic, I feel a little deja vu. Seems like we had our pal Mike <laughs> Clemens on just yesterday. He's the sports reporter for Civic Media. The Packers, his beat, the Bucks, his beat. But right at the moment, we're going to talk about the firing of the defensive coordinator for the Packers, Joe Barry. Mike Clemens, another day, another coach fired, man. How you doing? Yeah, hey, somebody gets fired in Wisconsin sports, and your show's calling me again. What's up with it? <laughs> you know, this has been a lot of the angel of death over here, man. <laughs> well, council left of his own accord, obviously, but the Brewers have a new manager. We've seen the firing of Adrian Griffith after they fired Budenholzer, and now we've got, what, Griffiths out and perhaps a, a new coach announced later in the day or at least a press conference from the Bucks. I know you'll be going soon. So let's talk about the firing of Joe Barry. I thought he had survived once this Packer team kind of found its sea legs on defense. Mike, I thought he had survived. I thought we were going to move forward with this guy. Well, I, I don't mean to be naive. I know that, um, and you know what? Matt LaFleur, when he put out that statement that obviously he, he had met with Joe yesterday, let him go, put out a statement, first thing, you know, business this morning, 8 a.m., uh, we've let Joe Barry go thank him for his three years, and said, this is one of the best men I've ever worked alongside in the NFL. They'd been together briefly when the two were together with McVay's uh, team out there with the Rams. But <clears throat> Joe Barry is a linebacker's coach. You know, he was on that, He was, I think he was the uh, uh, defensive coordinator the year that the Lions went 0-16. Remember that? <laughs> Six or seven years ago? Thanks for bringing and, that up. Yeah, and Rod Marinelli was the head coach. Now, did you know that Joe Barry was married to Rod's daughter? Did no. you know that? Yeah. No. So, so Joe was married. You know, Joe married the daughter of the head coach of the Lions. They went on <laughs> sixteen. Rod Marinelli, and then one day, a guy from the Detroit Free Press stood up in the press conference and said, "Do you wish your daughter had married a better defensive coordinator?" <laughs> Well, I hope the couple's not moving back in with Dad soon. The, the Lions yanked that guy's uh, credential. 
he didn't get to cover the team for another two or three years until after Marinelli was out of Detroit. So (laughs) that's one of the classic stories. But as for Joe Barry as a coach, at the end of the day, I think he, like I was on Jane Scholler today, I said, you know, did you ever watch MASH, you know, with Hawkeye, Alan Alda, and those guys, right? Remember Major Frank Burns? That's Joe Barry. That's Joe Barry. How so? And, And that he knows football. And and he he knows things, but he says things all the time like, "Oh well, I knew that," you know. Like he's he as a defensive coordinator, he's always defensive. You know, like he says silly <laughs> little things. Like you're sitting in a press, you know, when you sit at a fifteen twenty minute press conference with a guy, and he's trying to be as nice as as can be, but there's something, and he's very smart. I mean, my God, he's survived the NFL for twenty five years, multi millionaire. Right. When the Packers went to London, he knew all the cool places to go to eat. All right, but and, and which wines to pick? But there's just times where he 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 oversteps on trying to win a room. Like just the other day, we were talking to him about uh, going against the 49ers. He says, and of course, you know, with this 49ers offense, I mean, you've got to be on your toes because I mean they're very good at something we call yak. Okay, yards after the catch. We're all looking at each other like, yeah, Joe, we, we know what you <laughs> yeah, We know the acronym, man. Everybody has been covering the NFL here anywhere from 15 to 40 years. We, you know, he says – Now, the NFL, that. you mean the National Football League, Mike? Is, is yeah. that what you mean? Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, just a second. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's when little things like that happen, you say, can you imagine being in meetings with this guy for three, four hours a day? Oh, my God. So you start losing players that way. And, and strategically – you know, there's things that he did that he didn't seem to find the best ways to use the players that he had on the roster in terms of secondary coverage. There was an infamous, horrible game they played against Justin Jefferson and the Vikings in the season opener a year before, and Jair got upset. i got to think, though, too. Once, once that game was over with Saturday night, okay, then it, they open the door, and they have exit meetings. And if you're Matt LeFleur, you probably brought in Rashawn Gary, who, interesting, didn't talk to us. After Jair Alexander got suspended, the last time, the first time that Jair talked to us was in when I was in San Francisco in Santa Clara for that post game, and then he finally talked to us on his way out the door for the season. But I, I got to think there's a couple of defensive leaders that say, you know, Joe, nice guy, but you know he needs to do this, he needs to do that, and you know we need somebody else in here to to run our defense. But, Mike, we would all nitpick our boss. If we could pick our own boss, I don't like that guy, right? Nobody's ever going to pick me either. But Mike Clements, our <laughs> fine sports <True>. reporter. <laughs> uh, well, you you got he, look, you're right. LaFleur's still got to be, you know, the commander-in-chief there. And and it's I'm interested as to how much he wants. But at the same time, he's he doesn't want to lose his locker room either. So, you know, at the end of the day, listen – Every day in that place, 12 hours, 15 hours a day, you're being evaluated. Everything you do, everything you say. And if you're the one that's allegedly making the mistakes or not communicating the way you go about things, and some of those things were pretty open to us. And, 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 and here's the other thing. You know, Joe Barry has been a guy on the sidelines with the headphones, talking to linebackers, moving, you know, platooning guys in and out. And when I went and covered that preseason game down in Cincinnati – Five minutes before the kick, there's Joe Barry up there in the press box getting some Skyline chili, and I'm thinking, what's up with this? <laughs> so I go in and follow him, and he's in the box. He's not – you know, the game starts in five minutes, dude. 
He's taking a plate of Skyline Chili. It's like, oh, wow. So after the game. That is good chili. Huh? It's good chili, though. You know, you got to give it to him. It's good chili. I'm I'm a big fan of it. You know, just don't sit next to him in the third quarter. But anyway, uh, <laughs> after the game, I said to Lafleur, "Is Joe Bi- is Joe Barry now working upstairs in the in the coach's box?" He goes, "Yeah, that's something we're trying out." Yeah, Lafleur moved him upstairs so he could see the field better to make his calls during the game. So you know, Lafleur's been trying to save him. And well, let's yeah, try this, right. Joe. Well, let's try this. And eventually, it's like, Joe, we're going to try somebody else. And do you think that came from higher up the food chain? I mean, if LaFleur is saying such nice things about the quality of the man, uh, you know, I don't usually fire someone and then say, and what greatest man I ever met. You know, those right. those things don't usually pair together. Well, as you can I'm be a good person someone. and just not be successful or as successful as you need to be at the task you are doing. Hell, you know, everybody in the NFL talks about, well, that defense is like the Vic Fangio defense, you know, very famous defenses he's had with the, the Broncos and, and the Bears and other teams before that. Guess who got fired today? Vic Fangio out of the Dolphins. He's free. So, you know, LaFleur talks about that <laughs> defense all the time. They can hire him, you know. So one other thing about this, about Doc Rivers, did you know he yes. was consulting Adrian Griffin during that NBA in-tournament a session that they had, you know, a couple months ago. He was already consulting the team. Did he do a Dick that? Cheney? Did he pick himself as vice president? I, You might have something there. How about that? How about that? <laughs> you know, that was great sound. You sent uh, sent me from your conversation with uh, Griffith, the, the coach, how he got his job. And you told that story yesterday, Mike. And I believed you, but you sent me the sound. <laughs> and, man. Right. It certainly confirms everything you said more. Mike Clemens. I, I take a microphone wherever I go, boys. Well, don't tell us about what happens after you eat the chili, Mike. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining us here. Our fine sports reporter at Civic Media, Mike Clemens. More Devil's Advocates. Back to the politics soon. Thanks, Mike. Devils Advocates Radio Show, the Hump Day Edition. Thank you, Mike Clemens, fine sports reporter. Keep finding reasons to talk to Michael. Keep firing <laughs> coaches up around here. You know, the sausage making, not always a pretty thing, but, you know, we always get the finest of coverage from Mike Clemens. Thank you for joining us. Uh, one of the texters on the text line, texting in from the 608 on the WMDX line, said, Voss is sprinkling rat droppings in the sausage. I guess that's coming from Ed in Madison. Thank you, Ed, for your contribution. Um, You can always text us. Get the shiny Civic Media app. It's a little button on there. Or you can use the call-in text line, 844-967-2789. Think of it as sort of your hotline to Satan. Hotline to Satan? This is not a Christian radio show, Michael. Well... No, it's apparently a satanic radio show. But, you know, I was still... Oh, getting... man, that's what you guys always... I don't, you understand? Come on, Satan is a Christian god. Kabish, you get it? I get where you're coming from. Let's not be a monkey wrench here, Dom. Let's talk politics. New Hampshire last night. We had some over-unders and 
some some betting going on and some some choice prognostication going on, Dom. So you were correct about Joe Biden, the write-in candidate, young Joe Biden seeking office, trying to make it on the ballot. And apparently he was blocked from the ballot by the Democratic Party for changing the elective cycle. Not a mistake, though. Just ask Susan. Not a mistake. But anyways, <laughs> the faithful <laughs> in New Hampshire. And you just never let anything go, do you? It must have been bothering you all night long. I was getting emails till like 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. I'm at senior night with my kid. I'm uh, Vic for one. I saw the one from Vic. Vic talking about his wife. Crudy, my wife doesn't like your Joe sandwich analogy. She said, that's like, you know, a third grader. It's like at the bottom of the bag. And I'm thinking she gets my Joe analogy perfectly. <laughs> that's exactly what I was implying. That that was that was like a Scott Walker ham and cheese on, on Miracle Whip and, and, well, maybe hold the Miracle Whip. And, uh, you know, on some Wonder Bread. too spicy for him. And that would be your Joe sandwich or your wanker sandwich, as the case may be. Uh, anyways, you can always be a part. You can be the, the meat and the devil's advocate sandwich right around here. You can be the, the guts and the sausage we make. 844-967-2789. But let's talk about Nikki Haley. Well, hang on. Let's, let's, let's roll out the Joe Biden, the Joe sandwich, as you like to say, Curdy, the numbers. Uh, did he get more than Trump in Iowa? Yes. Joe Biden, as of right now, you know, right in apparently about 95% of the votes in, according to the New York Times, uh, 65,655 votes, just under 56% of the votes went to and Joe. for the record, Donald Trump got about 56,000 people to caucus for him in Iowa. Not a strong showing, according to some, including Dom. So, Joe Biden, strong showing. We'll both put that in the good showing for a guy who no, wasn't I mean even on the ballot. Right, exactly. I mean, uh, good enough, you know, based on our conversation, did he get more than Trump in Iowa? Yes, he did. Significantly more, but whatever. So for let's those that on. bet the over, Joe hit. <laughs> right. Congratulations. Uh, let's talk about the president, the former president. Guy likes to still think he is the president sometimes. The Cheeto Messiah guy. How'd he do, Dom? He won. Crudy, the former guy getting one just under 175,000 votes in New Hampshire, capturing 54.3% and 12 delegates. Nikki Haley, just under 140,000, getting 43.3% and nine delegates. So 11. The spread between Nikki and Trump, 11. So that's double digits. I would say that's a medium loss, not that's a small point. loss. I'm, I'm calling it a push, man. That's a push. Well, the expectation, Nikki Haley trailed by as much as 20 in like the polling averages coming out of New Hampshire. So apparently she outperformed her polling, Dom. But the AP called this race in 11 minutes. 11 minutes, Dom. I mean, I am always disappointed when it's like 7-Eleven. <laughs> I'm waiting to go on to mad at the senior night and my phone lights up. Oh, Trump won. <laughs> you know, if, if, did, if, did Trump challenge the, 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 the results of this election? I mean, I didn't, I didn't hear anything. This or Iowa. No, that that's matter. an interesting point. Perhaps we'll get to that one soon. Uh, Nikki Haley, though, came out claiming a victory of sort. 
We got some sure. sound of the second place venture. That's like the silver medal she got in New Hampshire. Uh, <laughs> going to need our good and capable producer, Nate's help. Thank you, Nate. And thank you, says Nikki Haley. Cut number one. Thank you, New Hampshire, for the love, the kindness, the support, and a great night here tonight. Thank you so much. She did acknowledge Trump, a little tip of the cap, cut two. I want to congratulate Donald Trump on his victory tonight. He earned it, and I want to acknowledge that. And then there's sort but. of a but. <laughs> and this but actually apparently got under the very thin orange skin of the Cheeto Messiah. This one sort of set him off. So listen close. Here's how Nikki Haley describes it after losing by about 11 in New Hampshire. She's out of it, right? The race is over. Cut number three. This race is far from over. There are oh. dozens of states left to go. Literally more than four dozen. About four dozen, right? 48. Dozens. Uh, so she didn't concede. She didn't bow out. She didn't oh, call it gosh. a night. Trump got 12 delegates. She got nine. How, how? Why would you concede on that? Well, she got close to half, right? Cut four. Today we got close to half of the vote. We still have a ways to go, but we keep moving up. Now, I don't want to hear her trash-talking the current president because this is a new tone for me. No more bad-mouthing Biden. So we'll skip that. We'll pretend like it never happened, and we'll jump down to cut number seven. Although, you know, she still kind of sneaks a Biden in there. Cut seven, please. Haley. You can't fix the mess if you don't win an election. You want to win. A Trump nomination is a Biden win and a Kamala Harris presidency. They don't like that. Not at the second place silver medal speech in New <laughs> Hampshire last night, Dom. But I think she, speaking some truth there, if Trump is the nominee, I think that assures us of a Joe Biden presidency. Not assures, you know, lots of crazy stuff can happen. But if you put them head to head, I like Joe Biden's chances. And I do think it, positions Kamala well for, you know, when the vice president's looking at what's next for her, you know, let's say in 2028. Uh, my, that was not my takeaway from that. I was thinking, well, either, you know, Joe will step down or pass on and it will be uh, Kamala Harris. And they certainly were against that. But notice she didn't articulate how exactly that was going to go down. One more from Nikki. She's got some Trump issues cut eight. With Donald Trump, you have one bout of chaos after another. This court case, that controversy, this tweet, that senior moment. You can't fix Joe Biden's chaos with Republican chaos. <laughs> so that was Nikki Haley. She's the silver medalist out of New Hampshire, the bronze medalist out of the Iowa caucuses, which adds up to apparently a long presidential run here's what i would say you got to make it through nevada because Rudy's going to be in nevada and i need a reason other than the super bowl being there this week that week it's coming up the week of february 6th through the 10th the super bowl is on the 11th but i will do four live shows the 
for the Love of Democracy Tour 2024, Dom, sponsored by Chance Design Build, taking it on the road to Vegas. Tuesday, Nikki Haley, Tuesday, February 6th, will be the only viable participant in the Nevada primary. And I bet election night that Tuesday, Dom, I'm going to come out right now and predict Nikki Haley wins the primary. But Thursday, no one else else is running. February 8th, there will be a caucus, and that will be the night that Donald Trump actually goes to collect the delegates from the state of Nevada. She's not participating in the delegate allocation. So, you know, she's going to get something of a moral victory that awards zero delegates. And then we got to see if she does make it all the way to South Carolina. I'm already seeing headlines of headwinds for Nikki Haley. A lot of alliteration there. Struggle with that sometimes. Lots of headwinds. They want her out. The Republicans, the Trump supportive Republicans, Dom. Well, hell, he's already won. Two states voted. He's the presumptive nominee. Why don't she hurry up and quit already? Well, right. She's she's just got nine. He got 12. And what? So he got uh, 175,000 this time and just over 50,000 in Iowa, right? I mean, this isn't a lot of voters. It's lots of time. Now, I get the math. I get all that. But again, who is going to be there if the headwinds for the former president become too hard? Well, there's got to be somebody, man, someone waiting in the wings, someone else they can hitch their wagon to. If it's not Nikki Haley, there, there's no, I don't, know, I don't know what the Republicans would have for a second plan, plan B. Can they bring Mike Pence out of mothballs? Oh, no, they <laughs> wanted to hang that guy. Uh, Trump's reaction to his glorious victory. And he went off the rails, for those that are unaware. <laughs> no, come on. He couldn't just celebrate gracefully. He couldn't do a three, five, seven-minute victory speech. Thank you, New Hampshire. I win. You lose. I'm gone. That would have been a nice... Nice, subtle speech. That's not what he gave. Uh, Let's play what we can while there's time. And we know there's callers. We'll get to you as well. 844-967-2789. Trump, never forget history. Cut 10, please. You can never forget history because if you forget, you never, you never recover from it. And you repeat, you repeat. And we're not going to repeat. He's doing some repeating right there. Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. The man is, he's a repeat box. You're not woke unless and until you know history. (laughs) Uh, More from Donald Trump. Did he win? I think he thinks he won. Cut 11. We have no choice. If we don't win, I think our country is finished. I do. I believe our country is finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe, I believe. This is, I mean, again, you got to consider the source and what's his credibility literally folks. I mean, for real, if someone comes up to you and tells you things that never come to fruition over and over and over again, at some point, don't you diminish the value of that opinion? I I think you should. Didn't he say that, Oh, if Biden gets elected, the stock market's going to crash. Stock market market just reached historic highs. If he's reelected, it's going to crash. Trust me next time. And in two weeks, we get the health care. A little bit more. Trump, she didn't win. Cut 12, please, Nate. She was up and I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. And then the threat. And then he gets real threaty right here. Let's play it while there's time. Trump threatening Nikki Haley. Try it. And just a little note to Nikki. She's not going to win. But if she did, 
She would be under investigation by those people in 15 minutes. And I could tell you five reasons why already. Not big reasons. A little stuff that she doesn't want to talk about. But she will be under investigation within minutes. And my campaign will be leaking that to the press very shortly. Here's the reasons. I have, I have lots of information. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. It's secret right now. It's secret. It's coming out within two weeks. That within is, two weeks, I'll let you know. If she did win. If she did win. That along with his Obamacare, Obamacare replacement plan. Can't wait. Can't wait. Come back with us. More Devil's Advocates. We're getting to the phone. Next segment. I promise. New Hampshire. What an exciting night. I stayed up late. I got home late. And then I turned it on. You know, after the late dinner with the, the son and one of his buddies, we flipped on the TV to see how New Hampshire really went. And, of course, the Badger highlights. Enjoyed the Badgers beating Minnesota. Sorry, KTNF listeners. We always beat Minnesota. And uh, <laughs> I'm not sure, Dom. I'm not sure what to think about last night because I was hoping Nikki Haley could win. I thought there were enough independent thinkers in the Northeast that maybe, maybe. It's not bad, man. That's a push. That's a push. She's got to stay in, at least through Nevada. More Devil's Africans. you got to hold through 6 p.m. Then the Maggie Dawn show. But not yet. Think you know politics? Again, welcome to the Devil's Advocates. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. We're going to go through the lines. Thank you for your patience. 844-967-2789. Ross from Crawford County. Welcome. What do you got for us today, Ross? Hey, Ross. Hey, you guys. Uh, thanks for the show, and thanks for uh, letting me talk for a second here. Uh, so, Nikki Haley, I mean, uh, I think that we most of us recognize that when people are voting for Nikki Haley, there may have been, you know, the independence, New Hampshire is known for its independence, but it just shows how many people, how many Republicans aren't going to vote for Trump. And the exit polls, from what I read, so that, you know, they, they're kind of, there's still this anybody but Trump. So Nikki Haley, whether or not she survives, still represents this chunk that I think Trump and his magas have to be worried about is, is that these people aren't going to vote for him. But Ross, um, I think, yeah, yeah let yeah. me interrupt you for just a minute. I believe the man in the khaki pants, Steve Karnacki, over on the MSNBC, said effectively in the exit polling that they released that those that voted for Trump, 85% of the Republicans, declared Republican Party members, voted for Trump. A large number of the Nikki Haley contingent were independents, which, as we've talked about, in New Hampshire, effectively, if you don't have a party affiliation, you can go vote either way. So independents voted for Nikki Haley, and some Democrats expressed a preference for Nikki Haley. But that contingency is not the Republican Party. The great majority of Republicans, 85% of declared Republicans, made Trump their preference in New Hampshire last night. Right, and right. And we know that because Trump has taken over the party because of his cult of personality. But Haley still is this signal that there are a bunch of people who, during the Republican uh, primaries, are not happy with him. So the question is, how do you gauge it? You know, but I think there's, there were a number of Republicans that said, look, we voted for Haley because, maybe, maybe partially because they wanted you know, somebody fresh and new, but uh, because you know, she's not Trump. 
Now, the, but I, the reason I think uh, Haley is sticking in there is because she is part of a party of thoughts and prayers. And I'm sure she's praying every night that the Trumpster keels over and then she gets to sort of take it. Oh, she's betting because Trump is no picture of health. There's, you know, so he could easily keel over. Very vibrant. Ready to take over. <laughs> and there's some of us, there, there's a few of us that we, we don't want to admit it, but, uh, and maybe we have to ask for forgiveness, but there's some of our prayers might also be asking for the same thing. <laughs> well, Dom doesn't pray, so I know that's no, no, I just, not I'm something you're guilty the, of, Dom. I'll just rely on the actuarial tables, Ross. Thanks for the call, man. Uh, and, and I get your point. You know, obviously, a, a large contingency of the declared "quote unquote" megas Republicans uh, go, go for Trump. Eighty-five percent, you think you said. But what does it say about the independents? Right, the the, the center Republicans and the independents are never going to go for Trump. It's just not going to happen. So while in this particular uh, election in New Hampshire, it's a different dynamic than in other states. Certainly, you're not going to be able to have independents necessarily go out and support uh, the, the, the less crazy Republican. So you know. Read into it what you will, but I still think it says a couple of things. It goes to show how strong of an influence Trump has on the mega party, and it goes shows how terrible he does with those who are not in the mega party. Do you think they'll pressure Nikki Haley out of the race in the short run, like between now and February 6th? <laughs> Asking for a Ooh. friend. <laughs> no, man. I mean, but that's again, what they said about DeSantis, say, man. Just, oh, I know. And DeSantis said it. So, you know, uh, I, if I if I were Nikki Haley, I'd keep going. As, as long as run, you got, Nikki, you know, run. You, you, ha you have some time now, right? You're going to you're going to get bombarded. You already said it. So you're already going to be taking the heat no matter what you do, Nikki. Right. So if you bow out now, you know, and you got to kiss the ring and be like a sycophant, like the rest of that Republican Party. Or you can stand, you know, stand away, stand as part from that that crowd uh and and what's the downside you're not spending your own money you got the coke network behind you you're going to your home state yeah i mean it, trump it, started it, issuing it, threats last night in new hampshire you didn't hear the threaty part I, I i get it i get it but here's the point so what i mean he's going to issue threats and, and every democrat's a marxist you know socialist what communist no matter what they're going to Trump's going to frame it how he wants to frame it. You cannot run a campaign or your life or politics based on what you think the other crazy ass uh, former president's going to do. You got to do what you got to do. 844-967-2789. Dom never had a problem being himself. Steven from Green Bay, welcome. Be yourself, Steven. What do you got for us? Hi, Steven. Um... <clears throat> I got something to say, which I think you both are going to find funny. But first, I got to give Curdy a little, uh, a, a quick, a quick amount of guff. Um, I I picked up and delivered a delivery order last night, and the time it took Crudy to talk about the Badger game and how bad Tony Evers was for scheduling that, and then I hear today that he didn't even watch a second of it. It was my kid's senior night. Yeah, Middleton Cardinals. Know, Go you Cardinals! No, it was your kid's senior night. What kind of a parent are you, Stephen? I Isn't knew the Badger terrible? game tipped off at six o'clock. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have kids, so I guess maybe I don't understand that sentiment. Um, this is what I got to say. I did watch the entirety of Tony Evers' State of the State address. How do you do? And yeah. I watched it on PBS Wisconsin, and the cameraman should win a Tony or an Emmy or an Oscar because he viewed it where you could see Tony Ever and just in the right corner of the TV, you could see Robin Voss's stupid face. 
He's always smug back there, isn't he? Sitting behind the governor when he gives the speech. Every time Tony Ever would say something you didn't like, you could see the stupid scowl on his face. And then shortly after that, you would see Tony Ever smile. And it just tickled me to death. I was I was I was living large last night. The contrast between Boss Voss, who is suddenly feeling perhaps emasculated by the Supreme Court ruling, or soon to be, you know, but they have saved him from recall, so he's got that going for him, which is nice. Thank you for the call, Stephen. Eight four four nine six seven two seven eight nine nine. Mark from the sack. What's up, Mark? How you doing, hey, Mark? Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to hear Trump speak. I mean, that last night I was I saw the uh, PBS had a thing on the Nazi part, Nazi Party here in America prior to World War II. And I go, boy, it's a lot of parallels mm. into what we see today with Donald Trump and his crap. Do you see what they're doing on Mr. the Vaugh? UW Whitewater campus? Someone was projecting uh, swastikas on the dormitory walls yesterday. Good thing we don't have any DEI training. The the kids at Whitewater are doing great with the neo-Nazi stuff. Good with the blood, blood, blood that they're chanting too. I mean, it's just as it's terrifying. These guys are these guys are, you know, the the fascist party in, in America now, and that's what Trump represents. And they're oh, sorry about that, Mark. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty disturbing things going on at the the UW the swastikas, man. Uh, but it's, it's Whitewater. Not that's it. These, that's at Voss's alma mater. Yeah, right. This is this, this continues to happen here in the state of Wisconsin, man. They were marching through Madison a, a couple of months ago. Come back with us. The Devil's Advocates. A happier, happy hour indeed when you participate. 844-96-PARTY.